Let's now turn to the book of Matthew. Turn to the book of Matthew. Right, make sure it's on. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Let's all please stand to honor the reading of his word. As we read from Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God bless and honor the reading of this word. You may be seated. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we talked about a, a couple of things. We talked about having an eternal vessel. And last week, we talked about eternal death. We talked about eternal death. In other words, we talked about hell. We talked about the eternal death of those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, the personal Lord and Savior. Often, while in our vessels, we we look, and I'm talking about in our bodies over here on earth, we look at the, uh, at the treasures on this earth to seek happiness for eternity. In other words, we're looking for a pot of gold. Find out the pot of gold around here. And so many people this time of year, uh, as leprechauns are running around on TV, <laughs> and we have St. Patrick's Day that just passed a couple days ago. And I love St. Patrick's Day. I really do. I got a little bit of Irish in me. And and, uh, and I enjoy I enjoy that, that uh, little festivity that we have in our lives. I enjoy it. I like to eat a little bit uh, uh, with the corned beef. I enjoy corned beef and cabbage, you know. And uh, I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy that, that time. I enjoy wearing the green like I'm doing right now. I enjoy all that. But a lot of times people are looking for a certain pot of gold. They're looking for all that. But here's the thing. It's uh, that eternal treasure that people are looking for, at least here on earth, doesn't exist. Not the kind of treasure that lasts forever here on earth. Because the moths come in, and anyone who is own clothes know that moths come in and eat it up. They do. Rust comes up and in, and it will destroy a lot of the uh, metal that we have and other things we have. Other things will eat up what we, we take in. The point is things age. I'm a collector of many things, and I'm here to tell you what might seem like it's worth a lot now, it's all sin and dust. And even that will change. What might me, me, seem like it's worth a lot may seem like a, worth a, it's worth a lot to me. It's worth nothing to you or to others. I, was, uh, I went to a, a, a little event that's going on right now. Uh, in the city called Comic-Con. It's for Rusty Nerd. And uh, I went a couple days ago and had a good time. And I saw a lot of nerdy folk out there. And it's okay. I like nerds. I'm one of them. But I saw a lot of nerds out there spending a lot of money on a lot of things that mean absolutely nothing to some people. To some people, it's worth a lot of money. Probably not near as much what they're charging. But I'll say this. It was really nice to see them all have a good time. I enjoyed that. I really did. I enjoy seeing people have fun. I really do. But I saw a lot of people spending bukus of cash on things, pieces of plastic, corn, like things they like. And that's fine because I do that. But here's the deal. A lot of those things that, uh, that they buy mean so much to them sentimentally, and that's great. I'm glad, glad they're having fun. Here's the problem with that, though. What might mean it's worth so much to them doesn't mean a thing to you. And what's worth a lot to you doesn't mean a thing to them. Because that's how we are. Here's the important thing. When they leave this world, all that stuff is going to rot away. And what when you leave this world, all it's going to rot away, too. The point of all this is to say what we have here is nothing. In the long run, it's nothing. Does that mean it's wrong to have stuff? No. As long as those things, the stuff doesn't own you. As long as it doesn't have you. Those treasures will come and go. God speaks to us 
Christians, children of God, about eternal treasures. And that's the title of today's sermon, Eternal Treasures. And we're going to talk about several types of treasures today. But we'll do that today. We're going to talk about treasures, eternal treasures and other types. So Christian, we should know the difference between earthly treasures and eternal treasures. Now, when I talk about earthly treasures, by the way, I'm not talking about uh, immoral treasures. We're going to talk about some of that too. Uh, in other words, fleshly treasures. We'll talk about some of that. But right now we're going to talk about earthly treasures. In other words, when it comes to earthly treasures, because that might sound misleading. Okay, I don't mean it to. When I'm talking about earthly treasures, I'm talking about the treasures that God wants to give us while we're here on earth. Because God does have treasures to give us here on earth. The treasures that we can have here on earth, these are gifts from God, in other words, the Holy Spirit, to use while we're here on earth. God does have things that he wants to give you while you're here on earth. He has certain things through the Holy Spirit. Because, by the way, people misunderstand this. I actually know of Christians who don't believe in the Holy Spirit. How dumb can you be? I'm sorry if I'm calling you dumb at home. I you might say, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Hello. It's said, of, it's said in the Old Testament when it talks about the Spirit of God. So it doesn't say that in the, in the King James. Yes, it does. It says the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the point of the matter is the Holy Spirit is of God. It is God. It's another form of God. Just like Jesus is a form of God. The Trinity. All the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's still there. Either way, either way, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts while we're here on earth. Gives us gifts that we can use. And we can have those earthly treasures that God wants to give us. And then there's eternal treasures, eternal treasures that we will receive after we're done with this life. That we will receive in heaven. And some will receive on the new earth. We're going to get into all that today. But let's take a look at a few things. First of all, Philippians chapter 4. Oh, pastor's going early today, giving us scriptures. Well, you know how that goes. Philippians 4, verse 19. Because while we're here on earth, God's going to give us things that we need while we're here. By the way, you are a soldier of Christ. Do you really think, do you really think that God, to his soldiers, which are one, you're one of them. Do you really think that he's going to say, all right, soldier, you're going to go out there, but I'm not going to give you anything. going to give you no weaponry. Good luck. No, folks, this is not the TV show, which I don't watch, by the way, but not that it matters. But this is not the, the, the game, uh, you know, as they have the, the uh, reality show, Survivor. We're going to throw you out there in the middle of, of a, uh, an island of the world with nothing. No, no, no. You don't have to survive on your own. God gives you weapons. He gives you gifts. He gives you treasures, earthly treasures that you can use every single day if you choose to. In other words, if you live for the Lord God, many people say, I already have the treasure. I have eternal life. That's right, and that's wonderful. That's the greatest treasure of all time. However, that's not the only treasure God gives us. So many people say, i got enough because I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But don't accept that treasure alone. God has so much more for us. How, why would you want the one when you can have that one plus other treasures with it? With that eternal life, there's other treasures to receive. But what does it say in Philippians 4:19? But my God shall, my God, but my God shall supply your every need, one more time, your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because you need things here while you're here, your every what? Need. Okay. You already know the story, I'm sure. If you've ever had my father or my mother in the church with you, I'm sure they've told you the story a hundred times, and that's okay. I've, told, I've said it too. When I was a little boy, every time I collected anything, which is a million things, I'd all say, now all I need is this and this and this and this, this complete collection. I still do it. I say, now all I need. I don't need any of those things. I want, I want, I want. God doesn't give us everything we want, but he does give us everything we need. And there's a difference. There's a lot of times we think, I want this, I want that, and I want this. Folks, God is not Santa Claus. 
God is not going to give us everything we want because a lot of things that we want we don't need. In fact, we don't and shouldn't have because a lot of things we want are bad for us. But God does, in a spiritual sense, give us everything we need. Amen? I'm not going to get mad at you, say amen today. I promise you that. I'm not going to yell. <laughs> you know that. Let's now turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verses 34 through 52. Let's see what is said here by the Lord Jesus himself. This is talking about the use of parables. And he was speaking to the people already, giving him parables. But in Matthew chapter 13, verse 34 through 52, it says this. Jesus said all these things to the crowds in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will say things which have been kept secret since the foundation of the world. It goes on to say in verse 36, Then Jesus sent the crowds away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He said, or excuse me, he answered, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. But the weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send out his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who do evil, and will throw them into the fiery furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And with joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking perfect, excuse me, seeking beautiful pearls, who on finding one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast into the sea and gathered all kinds of fish. When it was full, they drew it to shore, sat down, and gathered the good into the baskets. But through the bad away, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into a fiery furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And verse 51 now, Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? And Jesus said to, excuse me, they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who is dis dis discipled for the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is master of the household, who brings out of his treasure new and old things. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Those earthen vessels are us. We have the earthen vessels. We spoke about this before. But we have treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. So many times people preach, even nowadays, a lot of ministers now say that we are perfect. We are so wonderful. We are great. No, we're not. We are earthen vessels. We are human beings 
but we're not what's so good. Jesus Christ through us is what is good. The treasures we have within us is through Jesus, not ourselves. In fact, we're speaking of the treasures we can have on this earth, the wonderful things that we can do, but that comes from the Lord God through the Holy Spirit. And, and it says to us through Galatians chapter 5, write this down, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Once you are saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. And there are certain things that need to happen. Before you receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the treasures that he will give you, you have to have the Holy Spirit. If that's what happens when you get saved, salvation through the faith and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through that, when you are letting the Holy Spirit live through you, you see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to have a sermon coming up this year, a couple months maybe, but you're going to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. You'll see that fruit producing. Let's say you're the tree. And through that tree, you being the tree, you being that vessel, you're going to see that fruit producing on that fruit, on that tree, on that vine. You being that vine, you need to be producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. How many trees, and I'm talking about Christians now, how many trees uh, Christians walk around saying, I'm saved, I have everlasting life. That's wonderful. But how come so many of them say, I have salvation, but they're not producing any fruit? If you have the Holy Spirit, let the production be done, be going on. Let there be production. So many don't have that. But what is that production? Well, let's see what the fruits of the Spirit are. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 tell us this. The production that we should see through the Holy, of the Holy Spirit is this. We should have love. One of the biggest concerns that we hear of the world, now granted, a lot of times they're looking for scapegoats, they're looking for reasons not to have Jesus. But still, 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 You've seen it yourself. Maybe you've seen it in yourself. I hope not. But I know there's times I've allowed the flesh to live in me more than the spirit. I'm talking about me. We're to have love. Agape love. Okay? Godly love. We're to have love. Joy. I've got the joy. Okay? The joy of the Lord. Joy. Peace. Peace that passes all understanding. We're to have patience. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? It's hard when you're surrounded by the world to have this these fruits sometimes. But now when you have the Lord living through you and producing the fruit, i got to get up because I can feel the Holy Spirit in me right now. Let me just tell you this. I feel the love of the Lord God in me all the time. I mean, I like everybody, and i got to tell you, I don't like everybody. Okay, I like you all here. But I'm talking about in the world. There's times I see things on the news. I see things sometimes I just want to say, boy, you drive me crazy, but I love you. I don't like you, but I love you. I don't even like me all the time, but I love me. Here's the thing. I have the love of the Holy Spirit. I have the joy. I have peace. I have patience. It's hard to use sometimes, but that's why I can't use my own patience because I don't have it. But when I shut up, like I just did, when I shut up and let the Holy Spirit work through me, I've got patience that I don't have on my own. Amen? What else do I have? Kindness. You're a nice guy. Uh, sometimes. But guess what? I don't rely upon my own kindness. But when I rely upon the Holy Spirit, there's a kindness I don't have on my own. And then there's another one, generosity. A generosity that the Holy Spirit gives to me when I rely upon him. And then there's another one, faithfulness. I can't be faithful on my own, but through the Holy Spirit, I'm as faithful as can be. I'm as faithful as old Trey. And then there's gentleness. Oh, you may not be gentle on your own. Oh, Pastor, you don't know. I'm a rough and tough guy. Ah, ah. But through the Holy Spirit, ah, you can be gentle because the Holy Spirit's gentle. Was it my father and others always said, God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on people. They look upon they look upon the, the Old Testament and they always say, Oh, God was being, he came in fire on the bush and he came and he opened the sea. God never said, You will serve me. He never said that. No, no. He says, He's a still small voice. That's what people forget. He came down upon like a father who says, Clean your room. Whenever his servants weren't serving him, 
But when he first came to him, he says, will you serve me? He came down upon them when they needed to come down upon them, but he was gentle. He was gentle like a good daddy is. Gotta remember that. You can be gentle, and you know, you know, us we have through the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me you can't control yourself. Don't tell me I can't help myself. I got to sin. I'm human. I'm human alone. That's not what it says. What's the last fruit of the Holy Spirit? Self-control. People don't like to hear that. They don't. Oh no, no, gone it, Pastor. I had every reason to cheat. I had every reason to steal. I had every reason to drink too much, to eat too much. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Through the Holy Spirit, we have self-control. We don't rely upon ourselves. And then once we do that, you notice we get, we then can, once we're serving God and let the Holy Spirit live through us, we get other things. And that's the gifts of the Spirit. Now, this can be found, write this down. This can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. And there's nine gifts. There's nine gifts it talks about throughout this uh, scripture. The first is the word, I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to tell you what's in it. The word of wisdom. You can have the word of wisdom. God give you wisdom. Now this is this is the Holy Spirit. Not everybody gets all the gifts. Some might get one, some might get two, some might get three. I don't know, and you might not even have them all at once. I've gotten one or two here and there. I'm not going to talk about them because the fact is it's not what it's about. It's not, look what I can do. No, it's look what the Holy Spirit can do because this is the problem. So many people, ministers, men, just talk, get up here and say, oh, but look what I can do. I have the gift of this and I have the gift of that and I can juggle it. No, that's not one of the gifts, by the way. But the point is this. Too many people take this time to talk about, look how spiritual I am. No. It's about what God can do. God's gifts. There's even some people say, oh, but those gifts don't matter anymore. They don't even work anymore. That never says that in the Bible. Don't start adding things to the Bible and taking and subtracting what? Not a tailor or not. Don't go talking. Don't go adding. And don't put expiration dates. This is not a, a carton of milk. Come on now. Come on. Let's see what they are. Number one. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is the first gift of the Spirit. Because you'll get wisdom. It's not your wisdom. I've seen so many people take on to these things. As if, Look how wise I am. No, you're not. You don't have that unless God is the wisdom. The next is word of knowledge. And there is a difference. Wisdom is God's wisdom. Knowledge is different between wisdom and knowledge. It really is. You can suddenly know something you didn't before. But wisdom is having an understanding Number three gift is gift of faith. And the gift of faith. Having faith in something that you did before. Number four is a gift of healing. Again, when people say, oh, I can heal. No, 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 you can't. God is doing the healing. And these are also not something you do every day. I've seen false prophets going around. I can heal. Look, I can make one leg look taller than the other. Okay, magic man. But here's the thing. It's not about you. It's about the Lord God. By the way, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm being sarcastic to the Lord and what he can do. That's not what I'm going for. What I'm trying to say is don't be blasphemous. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about that. It's not an everyday thing. It's not the same as getting up and washing your hands. It's not the same as getting up and eating. God does this on specific occasions to bring glory to God, not to the vessel. Because the vessel doesn't need praise. The vessel does, I've got to get up again. This vessel's boy, he's just all over the place. But the vessel doesn't need praise. The vessel isn't the one. Did you see Pastor Philip up there? Don't worry about the vessel. We're about the, the one that is using the vessel. Come on. The next one, the gift of healing, we said. Now then there's the working of miracles. And that's what I'm talking about, working of miracles. We see people who say, oh, look, I can work miracles. Come on, you're not David Copperfield. This is about what God can do, not what we can do. Then there's prophecy. I once knew a person who thought they knew prophecy, and I'm not saying they didn't. I've met people who've said things that were prophecy. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I, I know. 
I've seen it. I've seen stuff happen. But I've known some who thought that prophecy was telling you tomorrow the sun's going to rise. That was interesting. But here's the thing. Prophecy is more than just saying the simple and obvious. That I think you're going to breathe. No. Prophecy is something of the Lord God. And don't try to make something happen. Because you, when the Lord calls you something, God, you're not going to be able to control it because it's going to be of God, not of you. Don't make it happen. God, you'll see. And then the next is distinguishing between the spirits, knowing the difference between demonic spirits, satanic things, and of the Lord God. And you'll know. Sometimes you're not even going to know how you know. Just like we said earlier. You're just going to be able to know the difference. There's something not right here. You're going to be able to know. Happened to me once a long time ago. Don't even, didn't even know how. I just knew. Knew. I knew. And then there is speaking in tongues. This is one where people say, that doesn't work anymore. They don't speak in tongues anymore. Listen, it still works. There's different types of speaking in tongues. One was being able to tell the difference between languages. In other words, someone walked in speaking Spanish or whatever it was at the time. In that case, it would have been Greek. And they were speaking. I don't know why I'm sitting down. You don't want to get right back up again. But anyway, they're speaking Greek or whatever, and a person knew what they were speaking, they didn't speak their language. But that's not all there is. And people said, that's all it was. No, it wasn't. There's other ones where they're speaking angelic languages. Sometimes people call that prayer language. Well, it could be, but that's not all it is. Angelic languages. That's speaking the Lord's language, which is what the prayer language is too, by the way. Angelic languages. And it's in there. It's in the Bible. And then there's the interpretation of tongues. That's number nine. Interpretation, interpreting tongues. That's why it says, if you're going to speak in crowds, that's where that comes in handy. That's why we don't believe in speaking out loud in a church and speaking in tongues. Because if you're going to, now we're not saying we don't believe in it. We're saying is, if it's of God, and if you're to do it, it's to be one person doing it. And if one person was to do it, there would be, listen now, if it was of God, there would be an interpreter. It's not to be crowds going, habada, habada, habada. By the way, I'm not mocking God or the tongues. What I'm trying to tell you is this. There's too many churches out there and people out there who claim spiritual treasures amongst themselves, and they start bringing upon themselves. This is why many people don't claim the treasures, because, yes, unfortunately, there has been a bad reputation because of certain churches, and I'm not putting those churches down, because I love the fact these people want to claim their treasures from the Lord. You can claim your treasures today. If you haven't claimed your earthly spiritual treasures from the Lord God, imagine like this. Imagine that you have won a raffle ticket, and the, your raffle ticket is a winning ticket. And you want to know why you haven't gotten your prize. It's because you didn't take that ticket in and claim your prize. I don't know why I didn't get mine. Everyone else got theirs. Did you go to the, to the table to get it? Did you go up to that window and grab your, your, your prize? No? Okay, then that's on you. It's not on God. God is willing for you to do it. But what you have to do is live for the Lord, follow the Lord, follow him every day, pray every day. And I'm telling you, if you seek him, really seek him, then you will receive your prize. I'm going to tell you what happened to me personally. Most of my life, most of my life, I heard bad things about speaking in tongues. I heard bad things about this kind of stuff. And the reason was is because I grew up hearing things against some of this because there's bad reputation about some of this stuff. Now, this is not to put down those folks, but here's what it was. It was because of that bad reputation, because of some of the phony baloney stuff that does happen. So therefore, some people were against it. Some people were afraid of it. Some people thought it was all bad. That's not all bad. It's just something, just like Satan himself. Some people take God's things and they pervert it. This doesn't mean you can't claim your prize. What it does mean is go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Or whatever. And when you pray to him, seek his will, not yours. Seek your will, excuse me, seek your God's will upon you in your life, not your father's, not your mother's, not your brothers, not your sisters, not your neighbors, not the people in the church, not your pastors. God's will upon your life. The treasures that God has for you in your life. And that's it. If you're truly seeking God's will, you will receive treasures on this earth. And no one can stop it. 
It says in Colossians 2 3, in Colossians 2 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's us, in His Word. It says in 1 John 5 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. Well, we're not to listen to the world, but people of the world tell us that this stuff is all weird and don't worry about it. Why would you listen to the world? They don't know Him. So don't listen to them. Remember what it says we read a while ago in Matthew 6 19. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Well, it talks about this again in Luke because this is the same story. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 33 and 34, it talks about this. And what it says is this. Sell your possessions and give alms. Provide yourselves purses that do not grow old and unfailing treasure in the heavens, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. And listen, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart be also. So that's in Luke. It's the same same basic message. But remember, where your heart is, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where is your treasure today? Is it with the Lord or is it with the world? Remember this. You see, one of the biggest problems that we have is that there is such a thing as fleshly treasures. Fleshly treasures. Treasures of this world. Fleshly treasures. These fleshly treasures are momentary pleasures. problem with these fleshly treasures, momentary pleasures, they cause permanent, they're a permanent possessor. Permanent possessor. And you end up being owned by a lot of them. It says in Proverbs 21.20, There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man squanders it. He squanders it. We're all tempted. We're tempted to do wrong. And oftentimes we give in to it. But that's a, that's a little different. Okay? I'm not, by the way, I'm not justifying giving in to temptation. I've done it before. I've given in to temptation. You, Pastor? Oh, yeah. I, just like you, have given in to temptation of frustration and anger and irritation and other things. We've all done it. We've all given in to temptation. But here's the thing. You, child of God, have given in to temptation. But giving into temptation and continuously giving into temptation after the Holy Spirit tells you to stop is a little different. Once you realize how wrong you were to do it and to keep doing it and to sink with it and be sank with it, you know the difference. The Holy Spirit tells us, don't do it again. Just like we were reading earlier in Sunday school. When the woman was there and they were about to stone her to death because she gave into adultery. And what did Jesus say to her? Go from here and be. What did, he, what did he say? And sin no more. He didn't say, it's okay, you're saved by grace. Keep on sinning. No, he didn't say that. He goes, go from here and sin no more. No more fleshly desires. No more fleshly treasures. No more momentary pleasures. No more permanent possessor. He says, sin no more. James 5.3 says, your gold and silver are corroded. That's James 5.3. Your gold and silver are corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasures for the last days. We are all going to stand before the Lord God. The question is, what treasure are we hanging on to? It says in Proverbs 21.6, Proverbs 21.6, The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed back and forth by those who seek death. Oh, man, that's terrifying. Still in Proverbs, Proverbs 28, 22. Proverbs 28, 22. It says this, He who hastens to be rich has an evil eye. 
I want to explain something real quick. It's not saying that you're evil if you're rich. It's not what it's saying. I've, asked, I've had rich people ask me, am I going to hell because I have money? I say no. 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 Having money is not going to send you to hell. It's where your heart is. But let me finish reading that. Proverbs 28, 22. He who hastens to be rich has an evil eye and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. In other words, money is his God. As it says in Ecclesiastes 5.10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. In other words, money becomes our God. It becomes our everything. And there's never enough. And I, I don't know. I didn't mention it to you. I didn't wear a leprechaun today. Instead, I wore, I've worn it before. Uncle Scrooge and all of his money just sitting here in his cash because that's the glory and the riches on this earth. Nothing wrong with having money, but you don't want the money to own you. You don't want the money to own you. One of the things about the character of Uncle Scrooge I love, I love that he has a big old uh, bank in his own house, and he jumps in, he swims in the money, but folks, don't drown in the money as you're trying to swim in that thing. The riches that we want to seek is eternal treasures, eternal riches, eternal glory, and we're going to get to that. There's so many other things I want to quickly, well, that's a lot there, but let me skip, 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 because I got to skip. There's a lot of other things here. Uh... 1 Timothy 6.10. 1 Timothy 6.10. We can't skip this. I just can't. 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, oh, what does it say? Can't be rich for money is evil? That's not what it says. I've heard it said so many times. That's not what it says. For the love of money. In other words, let money own you. For the love of money. Making it a God. For the love of money is the root of all evil. While coveting after money, some have strayed from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. I want to make sure. And I'll skip something really important here. Well, I'll just read a part of it here. In Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Verse 13 through 21. Jesus gives a parable to the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, this is uh, Luke 12, 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, and he told a parable to them, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have no room to store my crops? Then he said, This I will do. I will pull down my barns and build, build greater ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul! You have many goods laid up for many years. Take rest, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, You fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose then whose will then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who stores up treasure for himself and is not and it excuse me and is not rich toward God. In other words, it's not the things we have, it's the richness towards the soul of the Lord God. The things we have are not rich towards God. What we own does not matter towards God. That's what they're saying. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, it says this. Oh, and let me say this first. 
Proverbs 15, 16. Proverbs 15, 16. Remember this for you who feel poor. Listen to this now. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. So you remember that when you look at your bank account, you don't see much. <laughs> you are rich with the Lord God, so you are rich. It says in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, command those who are rich in this world that they not be conceited, not nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who richly gives us all things to enjoy. Verse 18, command that they do they do good, that they be rich in good works, generous, willing to share, and laying up in store for themselves a good foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of eternal life. You see, on to the last and most important part. There are eternal treasures in heaven waiting for you. Eternal treasures in heaven. In heaven, you will have emotional and spiritual pleasures that last forever. We oftentimes think about the emotional pleasures we have here on earth, and that's great. Whether of the Lord, not of the flesh. Okay? But here's the thing. In heaven, you're going to have emotion. You're not going to be humdrum boring. No, no, no. You're going to be in joy, of joy all the time. When I was a little kid, I was afraid of how boring it was going to be in heaven. It's not going to be boring. You're going to be hap, hap, happy all the time. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. And it says in Matthew chapter 6, it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, it says about care and anxiety, it says, Therefore, I say to you, never to Jesus, take no thought about your life. What will you eat? Or what will you drink? Nor about your body. What you will put on. Is not life more than food and body than clothing? It's not telling you to be careless. It's not what it's saying. But listen to what it says. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they do not sow, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not better than they? Who among you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his uh, stature? Why take thought about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither work nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Sol Solomon in all his glory was not dressed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothes the grass in the field of the field, which today is here and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after uh, all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you. Therefore, take no thought about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought about the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the trouble thereof. The Lord will take care of us. He gives us the things that we need. He takes care of us. He is going to give us the uh, heavens, he's got heaven taken care of for us. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, what does this tell us about heaven? It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world and its desires are passing away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. We, were gonna, we are going to live forever in heaven. Keep our eyes forward. You're about to go to heaven someday soon. 
You know, folks, it might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be three weeks from now that Jesus comes back. And when he does, we're going to go to heaven. And when we get there, you're going to have treasures there. It says in Luke 21, 1 through 4, he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts in the treasury. And he also saw a poor widow putting in two mites. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all of them. For all these out of their abundance have put in their gifts of God. But she out of her poverty has put in all the living she had. Do you not know it when she gets to heaven? And she's in heaven now. She's received so much more, so many rewards. So let's talk about that. That's what it says in Colossians 3, 23-24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. When you get to heaven, you're going to receive rewards in heaven. Now, we're going to talk about heaven next week. So we're not going to talk a whole, whole lot. But we know that besides heaven, after heaven, you're going to receive rewards in heaven when you get there. Just like you're going to you have rewards here as a living soldier for Christ. You will have rewards when you get to heaven. And then after heaven, as I said, we'll talk more about that next week. But after heaven, you'll have other rewards given to you. Because after heaven, there'll be a time of final judgment on the lost. And yes, final judgment on you. Now this terrifies people. We'll talk more about that next week. This doesn't mean that God's going to stand before you and say, you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. Time for, con for condemnation upon you. No, no. You don't have to worry about that. No more tears upon you. No more tears. Here like that Johnson Johnson shampoo. No more tears coming upon, from upon you. No, no. This is where you will receive your eternal rewards for the new earth, for the final kingdom. You'll receive rewards that last forever, even more rewards. You can't outgive God. You remember when you were a kid and you was in school and the teacher said, you did a good job, I'm going to give you a good grade. And that wasn't enough. You know what else she would do? Or he? She would give you a little golden star. You remember a little golden star? And they give you a gold star and you say, I got a golden star. And that wasn't enough. Not only did you get a golden star, but if you got enough gold stars, she might give you a piece of candy or a little trinket or whatever. And you get to go home. If that wasn't enough, you have to go home and tell your mommy and daddy you did good in school. And you had pride just from ear to shining ear. And shining ear? But anyway, you felt really, really good about that. Yeah, it was reward upon reward upon reward. What's it going to be like when you get to heaven? When you get to heaven, you're going to get a crown, a crown to wear. And upon that crown, you're going to have all sorts of golden stars that God's going to put upon you. You're going to have all sorts of shine and pride. I don't mean to be prideful, but you're going to feel good because God's going to give you reward after reward. And it says, and I quote, 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance that does not fade away, kept in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Oh, you're, you know, when people say, when people say, when people try to tell you that you're going to lose your salvation, folks, what does it say right here? You have a scroll of life in the living, in the book of life. It can't be taken away. Your, your name is written on that land's book of life. It can't be taken away. It's there waiting for you. We'll talk about that more next week. But it says in 2 John 1, 8, 2 John 1, 8, watch yourselves so that we do not lose those things for which we have worked but that which we receive a full reward. It's not talking about losing salvation. It's saying don't lose rewards here on earth by messing around with things here on earth. 
Because when we get to heaven, we want to receive all the rewards that God wants to give. You can't get enough. I've heard some people say, boy, some Christians are just selfish. They want so much from God. Why not? Claim it all. He has it. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to take too much. I don't want to take too much. You can't outgive God. You can't. Do I really want to take it? Folks, it's like going to a salad bar and you've already paid for all. You're not being a glutton. You can't be a glutton for God. God says, here, folks, take it all, take it all. He said, I'm just going to take one bite from that salad bar of God. Why? Why go away hungry? Take it all. He wants to give it to you. If you go away hungry, it's your fault, not God's. I don't want you to go home hungry. Take it all. Eat, 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 eat. It's a feast. I know I'm making you hungry. <laughs> okay. 2 Timothy 4.8. 2 Timothy 4.8. From now on, a crown. Here we go. A crown of righteousness is laid up for me. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Are you ready to put on your crown? Are you ready to put on your crown? Oh, I sure am. And I'm not talking a Burger King crown, okay? One of those little paper things. It's, boy, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. And what does it say? What does it say in Revelation 22, 12? What does Jesus say? He says, and listen, folks, get ready. Get ready for your rewards. It says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to give to each one according to his work. So when people say, I've already earned it by asking Jesus in my heart, you've earned salvation, but he has treasures for you. Continue to receive your treasures by serving God and say, Lord God, show me. Show me what I can do. I think we already know some things because I think the Holy Spirit's told you even today what you need to do. I think the Holy Spirit's told you today. I think he said, my child, I have treasures for you. And you've not been listening to me. I think, because I know he has to me, even this week, he's been saying to me, vessel, you've kept your vessel closed from listening to the Holy Spirit. And there are certain things that I have to change. And it's not because I'm being selfish or a glutton for treasury. It's going to be treasure enough to be with our Lord and Savior. But folks, I don't know about you. I don't want to let God down. When I go up there, I want to say, Lord God, I don't want to let you down. Lord God, my Lord and Savior, when you tell me to jump, I want to say how high, even with my bad knees, because when I get up there, I'm not going to have bad knees. I want to say how high, Lord, how high. And he's going to say, well done, good faithful servant. Here, reward, reward. Gold stars all around. Not because I haven't failed, because I've failed at times. But look, folks, it's time to get up. It's time to share the word. It's time to tell people, show people by our actions, by the way we do things. Let the rewards go all around because Christ wants to give them. Amen? Hallelujah. You, Christian, have eternal rewards awaiting. It's time to receive them. It's time to receive them. They're waiting in your eternal home. With your eternal home. They're waiting. And it says, and I quote, in 2 Peter 3, 9. And you need to remember this. Don't listen to the world. Like they like to say, you listen to the Lord. You listen to what Peter said. 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness. But he is patient with us because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Why is he slow taking us home to get our rewards? Why is he slow taking us home to receive the eternal reward of, of salvation? He's wanting to come and, like the old school bus. Come to capture us and get all the children. Come on home. Come home. It's time to go home. Time to come home. Come on. If you haven't received earthly spiritual treasures, 
It's time to cash in on that. Cash in on the faith, not on the flesh. Cash in on it. It's time to call out to God tonight. Call out to him. Say, Lord, I don't know why I don't have spiritual gifts. I don't know why I haven't grown in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I, but deep down maybe you do. Same reason why I didn't for a very long time. I was nervous. I was afraid. I was looking too much to self and the self-doubt I had. Too much on self and not on spirit. Maybe you're falling back too much to what others said to you about it. Don't worry about them. They don't matter. <laughs> when I say that, usually people are like, oh, that's me. Listen, I'm not saying they don't matter in life. I'm saying their words don't matter. God's does. That's what I'm saying. Okay? God, his way, his word, his will, that's what matters. You listen to him, not them. He's your God. They're not. Okay? Go with the Lord God. Cash in on your faith. All expenses are paid. So come collect. Come and collect it. Come and collect the treasure that God has for you. And I will close with this scripture. And listen up. This is great. This is wonderful. I hope you're listening. This is wonderful. Listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your lives be without love of money and be content with the things you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with us. He wants to give you great rewards. He wants to give you eternal treasures. And someday you will receive it, his children. We will receive it together. Someday. When it comes time for the eternal homecoming, which we'll talk about next. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, thank you so very much. Thank you, Lord, for the treasures that you give us every single day. Thank you for eternal life, which we have because of you and no one else. Thank you, Lord, for the faith that you give us. Thank you, Lord God, for lifting our spirits when we need it. Thank you, Lord God, for helping us even when we go through the hardest times. And Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters. Thank you for my brothers and sisters right now. So many of them have the treasures here on earth that they're following with their faith and they're reading the word and you speak to them and through them. And Lord, I, I thank you so much for that. I, I just love them all so much. And I know you do. For those who maybe are curious about treasures they haven't received yet, I pray, Lord God, that they'll seek it, that they'll receive it. Lord, for eternal treasures, there's so many Christians who, who are missing out. And I pray that this very day they'll start to seek it even more. I pray for your blessings upon us all. And Lord, my heart is heavy as I pray for the lost. I pray that they will no longer seek the fleshly desires of the earth that they've been lied to by the devil, but Lord, that they will seek your treasures that you want to give to them, salvation first and all those other things after. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And amen.